can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, relationships, work, pop culture, and true crime from a Christian conservative perspective. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy! Thank you. So every time your heart took a beat during that moment of silence, another one stopped due to abortion. So Mallory's going to start off. Tell us a little bit about why this matters to her. So as Mr. Cummings said, I went to Charlotte Christian for high school. I was born and raised in Charlotte. Um, I went to a Christian school from near kindergarten to eighth grade and then Charlotte Christian from ninth to twelfth. Everywhere. Everybody I knew was for love. My mom was on the board for the Charlotte Pregnancy Resource Center. I went to all the walks. Every, everybody was for love. So when I went to college, I went to college in New Jersey. I don't know if anybody's from New Jersey or has been there. It's a little different. Um, people have many different opinions. Um, and that's when I was first introduced to the idea that people were pro-choice. I legitimately had no idea people really felt that way about abortion. But because I had been raised pro-life and everyone around was pro-life, I didn't really have my ideas challenged. So what I had to do when I had conversations with different people, my friends, I had tons of friends that were in philosophy and politics, I was international relations, and we would talk about these topics, most normal people don't do that, but we did, we talked about these topics nonstop. So I had to learn for myself, I had to do my own research to decide why do I believe what I believe. And a lot of you, because um, I was a Christian as well, so I know some of us here are in a bubble, which is fine, it's okay, but eventually you're going to be out of that bubble. And when you're out of that bubble, you're going to have to figure out why you believe what you believe for yourself. So you have to do your own research. And once I started doing my own research, I realized how much misinformation there was and how much of a horror it was, and I really wanted to do something. That's when I started getting involved with Students for Life in my college. I started doing my own types of things. I have my own brand where we talk about these topics. Uh, it's very pro-woman, and a topic that affects women is abortion. And we talk about it from the truth perspective and from an encouraging pro-woman perspective. So that's how I got started. Brooke, how did you get started? Yeah, so I originally am from Southern California, born and raised. Um, I am very thankful that I was raised in a conservative Christian home. My parents were very vocal about all things. Um, they did not shy away from the abortion topic. And my church that I grew up in also did not shy away from the abortion topic. So I was very educated from a young age. And when I was 16, my mom took me to a pregnancy center banquet. And at that banquet, I heard this woman speak about abortion. And that was the first time that my eyes were open. The blinders were taken off. 
and I felt the weight of abortion in America. At that point, I knew I couldn't just sit back anymore. I had to do something. So I started volunteering at my local pregnancy center. This is where I met so many women who have been directly affected by abortion. Um, I worked with some amazing godly women who in their teens and 20s uh, had multiple abortions and as an effect could not have children. This was devastating. These women would have been amazing um, mothers on this earth, um, but unfortunately because of those choices that they made early on, um, it affected the rest of their lives. So fast forward to college, I went to Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia.
important question that we need to ask ourselves, what are the preborn? Because if this is not a human being, then no just justification for abortion is really needed. However, if this is a human being at the point of conception, then no justification for abortion is adequate. So we know that the preborn are living. At the point of conception, they are metabolizing energy, they're growing, they're responding to stimuli, they are living. Um, at the moment of conception, they're whole. Nothing has to be added to that single cell um, at the point of conception. It just needs time and uh, nutrition to fully, fully express itself. Um, and so it's living, it's whole, and it's unique. Um, at the point of conception, it has unique DNA from anyone else ever created. Um, you know, it has different DNA from the mom, different DNA from the dad, different sex, different blood type. The list goes on. Um, and we can tell if it does have human parents, then obviously we can assume that it's a human. You know, as much as I love my cat, Gucci, uh, she is unfortunately not my human daughter. So <laughs> my husband and I would create a human. So we can tell that just by basic biology. And one of the things that we can remember is that Americans have equal protection under the law. Unfortunately, this has become a political issue, but it really isn't a political issue. It's a human rights issue, so I want everyone to remember that. Um, but we realized that because Americans have equal protection under the law, we were given the right for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That means we need to protect that life. That means that we need to stand up for this unjust murder. And as far as how this started, um, how many of you guys have ever heard of Roe versus Wade? Can I get a show of hands? Okay, good. That's good. That means you're learning something. Yeah. That means you're learning something in history class. That's good. Thank you. And let's get another show of hands. How many of you guys have heard of Doe versus Bolton? Okay, a little bit less. But something uh, that you definitely need to know is Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton actually go hand in hand. Uh, they went hand in hand in 1973 to legalize abortion for through all nine months for any reason. That means you can go into an abortion facility the day before you're supposed to give birth and dismember that human being. Actually, it's a lot longer process than that in uh, late-term abortions, but I won't go into that today. So. Just to let you guys know, everybody says that men want to suppress women's rights by overturning Roe v. Wade and all of that, but really, it was actually seven men that legalized abortion through all nine, all nine months for any reason. There were seven men sitting on the Supreme Court at that time. So if we want to go into that, I can, but maybe come talk to me after if you want to. <laughs> um, since 1973, there have been 61 million abortions performed in the United States. That's 61 million human beings missing from this earth. Like I said, that there are brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, grandparents affected by abortion. That's also brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, cousins who have been taken from abortion. And abortion was not written in the Constitution in invisible ink. It was discovered by seven men who leaned on that so-called right to privacy, which also is not in the Constitution. So why is this relevant to today? Who here, have you guys talked about Dobbs v. Jackson in your classes yet? Have you guys talked about that? No? Okay, cool. You can learn questions. So this is a Supreme Court case that specifically addresses dismemberment abortion, and it takes place at 15 weeks. So it was heard by the Supreme Court on December 1st of last year, and the decision is going to be out in June. 
And this could actually reverse Roe v. Wade. Now, that does not mean abortions are completely illegal, there's no more abortions, we won, that is not, that's not what it means. It means that the state, it will go back into their decision, it becomes a state's rights issue. So according to the estimate from the Pro-Choice Guggenmarker Institute, which is uh, their, the um, research hand of Planned Parenthood, they said that about 1.3% of annual abortions in the U.S. occur after 20, uh, after 20 weeks, which sounds pretty rare. And if you consider that that is 926,000 annual abortions, meaning there are about 12,000 that take place after viability. If you go outside, you'll be able to see on our table that we have, you'll see a 20-week fetus. You'll be able to see um, the different stages, and we also have little cards if you guys want to look at that as well. So this case, Dobbs v. Jackson, is very important. It is very relevant, and we will hear what the decision is in June. Have any of you heard of the Texas heartbeat bill? Has anybody heard about that? Raise your hand. Okay, yeah, that was a little more relevant. That was all over social media. Um, I've been talking about it on Instagram, and there were a lot of misconceptions about it. Um, well, the first one I do want to clear up really quick is that it does not criminalize women. I saw all over social media when that happened um, that, oh, women are all going to go to jail, and that's not what happened. Um, it banned abortion at a heart when there was a heartbeat. And heartbeats can be detected between 18 to 21 days. And there were there are over 2,700 pregnancy resource centers all over the country, and about 40 of them are in Texas. And that doesn't even include the federally funded um, health centers. Texas invested $100 million into alternative to the abortion fund which is great and that's amazing because if we want to make abortion illegal we should also see how we can help women because it's not just about making abortion illegal it's also about helping our community helping our sisters that live in our community our neighborhoods go to our churches go to our schools that's really what it's about um women never have and they never will be criminalized for abortion yeah um and to just give you guys a little bit more history on planned parenthood um, Margaret Sanger is the founder of Planned Parenthood. Um, she started Planned Parenthood because she really liked the idea of eugenics. She placed Planned Parenthoods in minority communities to abolish minorities. So if you guys want to talk about racism, I think the systemic racism starts with Planned Parenthood. Uh, Margaret Sanger continued on those practices and those still exist today. If you look at where Planned Parenthoods are, they're typically in uh, more low-income communities. Yes, and as most of you can tell, I am of African-American black descent. Um, and it is Black History Month, so let's talk a little bit about how abortion does affect the black community. Um, more babies are murdered than born alive in New York. 25% of our generation has been affected by abortion. It's missing. Um, Planned Parenthood, like Brooke said, Planned Parenthood is in my, mainly in minority low-income areas. 80% of Planned Parenthoods are in low-income areas. And black women only make up 13% of the population, but they make up 38% of the abortions that are happening. So what does that mean? What does that tell us? It says a lot about um, education. It says a lot that we need to provide resources. Some people do not know. How many of you knew about pregnancy resource centers? 
How many of you already? So yeah, there's tons of people here who didn't even know about pregnancy resource centers, and they provide a lot of options. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But that's just something that we can, um, that's how we can help this situation. Yeah, education is such a huge factor of the abortion rate, and these people who really are just looking for resources. So you guys all, we told you about pregnancy resource centers, now you can go tell other people. Um, and as far as, if you know someone who has been hurt by abortion, if you have had an abortion, if your mom has had an abortion, if an aunt has had an abortion, or a friend, um, there is hope and there is healing. We do have post-abortive resources for you. There are Bible studies with churches that you can go through. Like we mentioned, those pregnancy resource centers, they offer some healing resources as well. So I just want to encourage you, you're not alone. And we are here to be your support system as well. Yes, and I want to piggyback off of what Brooke said. Pregnancy resource centers, they are um, donation-funded buildings where women can come in to get free ultrasounds. There are some um, planned, pregnant, planned Parenthood places as well as abortion facilities that actually charge for ultrasounds. So you can go to pregnancy resource centers, get free ultrasounds, they can help with um, diapers, they can help with formula, and most of them are able to help with giving um, baby clothes, I couldn't think of the word, yeah, <laughs> and um, so many other things. So these are so, this is a good resource to have. So if you know someone who's experiencing an unplanned pregnancy, or you yourself experience one, that's a great resource to have. Um, and like Brooke said, we're also here as well. If you ever um, feel as if you're in a situation that you need someone to talk to, I'm sure your teachers are here to listen as well. Um, counselors, everybody, we want to help. And I think something, this is kind of off the, what we have notes, let me say this real quick. <laughs> I think something that we sometimes forget is we're in this to help. The whole purpose of this isn't to um, make people feel bad, it's not to hurt people's feelings, it's really just to help. And as a community, we do so much better when we help as a community, as opposed to judging and, and being mean. And I think if we can work together, we can truly make a difference in this. We want to make abortion illegal, and we also want to make it unthinkable. And one of the ways to make it unthinkable is to help people with resources and to help them in other practical ways. All right, so we've talked about the history, we've talked about the relevance of this, um, we've talked about some resources, but how can you get involved? If you were like me, when I was 16 years old, I was sitting in those seats wondering, what can I possibly do? I have not had an abortion, I just got my driver's license, it's not like I can really do too much, but there are so many ways that you can get involved. Students for Life follows a five pillars model. Um, it just helps to create a well-rounded pro-life activist. So number one, you do effective education, which is starting these conversations with family, with friends, on your campus, in your community, on social media, if that's your thing. Um, number two, industry impact. So this is affecting the abortion industry and helping to reduce the number of abortions happening in our community by sidewalk counseling, going to a prayer walk, I'm just doing something to help women and reduce the supply of abortions. Number three is public policy. We do a ton with adoption and foster care reform. If you're interested in uh, joining for a lobby day for that or just writing a letter to your senator about some of these reforms that we're working on, that would paid be family leave. Yes. People don't think that pro-lifers care about that paid family leave. Paid family leave is huge. Obviously, maternity and paternity leave is such a huge need. Um, number three, we do supportive services. So we talked about pregnancy resource centers and just these other resources that women need to not have abortions. Um, that's what we do through supportive services. We help provide for those needs uh, that men and women have. And then the last one is rapid response. So the abortion 
industry has so much more money, so much more resources than the pro-life movement does. So that means that we have to be ready at a moment's notice. If they want to put a new Planned Parenthood in our backyard, we have to be at that city council meeting saying, no, we don't want Planned Parenthood in Charlotte. Charlotte already does so many abortions, we don't need any more. So this can be a very scary and controversial topic. I know it's very hard sometimes to talk about it. There's some of us who love talking. My two favorites are talk about religion and politics, which I know that's not normal. Most people don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> it could be a very scary and controversial topic, but it, abortion is the most important human rights and justice of our time. So we have to be able to talk about it. People can get offended, but this is an issue that offends me. It offends me because people are being ripped apart limb by limb every single day in this country. So we have to be able to be brave to discuss it. Another thing I want to add is when you meet other people who agree with you, who you can build each other up so it doesn't feel as if you're so alone. And I just want to encourage you, keep it up. Having a pro-life chapel is an amazing first step, but there's so much more that you can do. You can sign petitions. You can volunteer in sidewalk counseling day. You can go to the Love Life Prayer Walk. We're going to hear from Jonathan after this. Love Life is an amazing organization that even you as a high school student can get involved with. Talk to your family, talk to your friends, and most of all, just remember to be bold because these are human beings that are being killed by abortion, and these are women and men who are hurting from the aftermath of abortion. Do we, or is our time up? I have a Okay, so if you also have any questions, though, feel free. We'll be out at our table out there, and you can ask us any questions, um, and we'd love to help. Thank you, ladies. Um, John, who's going to come out, um, we've been partnering with a local ministry here in Charlotte for a while now called Love Life, and Pastor Jonathan is the Charlotte Area Director for Love Life, and he's going to talk to you guys quickly about an opportunity for us to put what we heard Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram at Those Other Girls Podcast and on Twitter at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls changing culture and bringing back traditional values.